Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. Hello and welcome to the Golf Practice Podcast. My name is Andy Hayes and with me is Jansen Mizrak and the Godfather Golf, Peter Donahue. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's been a while since the three of us have been in a room recording together. Um, I can't remember the last time. I think it was uh, Half-Baked Ideas or something like oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I haven't, um, haven't recorded with you, the Godfather himself, <laughs> in a while. All right. So today we are on, um, the th- I guess, the second part of the series called the golf which which pete and i did the first two parts or the first the intro and the first part together and now um in this third part we're getting into a little bit of like the technical side of the golf so we brought in jansen um you're a pga member correct correct you went to school you know you're you're an authority on the subject i think sometimes pete and i we get too far in the clouds and we can't see we're too far from home, so you're here to to ground us a All little right. bit and All right. I'll um, be the lightning rod. Yeah, and see if any <laughs> of these ideas, I guess, actually have any practical merit to them. All right. Cool. So, kind of the to recap the the overall idea of this this series is uh, that there's the idea of that there's what we're calling like quotes golf and quotes the golf, and that golf is just the you know the the obvious parts of golf like the um, Jansen, you had a great post. You, you saw a post from your Facebook like ten years ago. That was, what was it? It was shot seven, shot seventy seven today. Could have been better. Yes, right. Like you, yes. you, you did that, and you, you <laughs> for whatever reason at this point in your life, like felt the need that you had to just tell all everyone that you shot seventy seven. Yeah, my whole fifty followers, and also at the that, time on Facebook. <laughs> and also you had to clarify that you know like. Hey, just so you all know, like I'm not super happy about that. Like I, I hoped it would be better. This right? is, oh god, I was so embarrassed when I saw that on my memories, and I even put I think it was a colon in a, in a forward slash, um, trying to make a, a frowny face before emojis existed. Oh, yeah, great. it was very embarrassing. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have th- those are the parts of of golf. They're also uh, swing tips, fast you know fast fixes, uh, golf digest saying do these moves to get Bryson's power. And, you know, you read them and you think, oh, this is going to happen. But, but you know, they never end up doing it. And then, um, then the other thing is that we have, like, we call it the golf. And the golf is all, like, the deeper parts of golf, the parts of golf that actually kind of, like, draw us to the game. And so part one um, was titled Stay Awake. And it had the idea of uh, some, write, some spiritual writings from a guy named Richard Rohr who, who kind of, pointed out that the task of all great religion is to keep you awake. Mm. And the connection was that, that Pete also, you know, teaches us as coaches to, to be awake in our lives and our jobs. Yes. And so it's cool that we, there's all these, um, these writings and these teachings from ancient wisdom that are also have their application in golf as well. So today's topic is called allowing. Mm. And the, 
the writing, and this is again from from Richard Rohr. He, he you know he writes about God, but we talked about this. How if you have trouble with the word God, you can you can kind of just substitute. God's just a metaphor. It could be a universe, higher power, outside being, whatever you want. Um, you can fill that that name. So what he writes. Do we just have one sentence? He says. Um, Whenever God is conceived in the soul, it is always an allowing, never an accomplishment. Okay. Whenever God is conceived in the soul, it is always an allowing, never an accomplishment. I think what he's getting at is that, that to access um, you know, presence or joy or, or these moments, maybe being in the zone, you would call it, that, that you can't force your way into these moments. Right? That, it, that it's almost something that that happens by chance, and then you look back on it, and you're like, well, how'd that happen? And then, you know, you try to replicate it the next day, and for some reason, it, it doesn't it doesn't work. Um, uh, but what also, uh, the reason that this stood out to me is that, that, Pete, you've mentioned lots of times that there are certain parts of the golf swing that are caused, and there are certain parts that are allowed. Am I, am I quoting you right? Yes, and uh, you're quoting an old... Scotsman. I've always uh, attributed it to Alex Morrison, who was a Scottish golf uh, teacher and, and great player. And uh, he said, some things in the golf swing are caused and some things are allowed. If something is caused that should have been allowed, errors result. Ah, there we go. Yeah. So can you, so this is where... I guess we can all get as like specific as as uh, we we want to. I think of the idea of you. I mean, I've heard someone give golf instruction. No one, no one who works for us, but they've said in transition it should be like pulling a chain, like pull the chain, and so mm. like you get your hands pulling down, and like that's where you know that's where your power is going to come from. But actually, like that's actually taking away power that would steepen the club um, because you're doing all these things that you know should be allowed instead of caused. I think causes the person who just swings who um you know th their backswing is such a way where the club almost whooshes on the way back right it's like so fast and controlled and and, mm -hmm. and hectic and violent and uh there's nothing uh smooth or we say allowed in it um what do you have any is there any more pete where what what can we get more specific well, uh, I would say, um, you know, uh, uh, that uh, Stan Utley, as a for instance, uh, uses a, a phrase called dead strength. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, in swinging into the ball when you're putting or chipping or really doing anything uh, in golf, that the, the, the feeling in your arms and hands should be, uh, should be that of someone... Uh, whose arms were asleep or or a corpse sure. <laughs> that you raised their arms and their <laughs> arms just fell yeah and uh and uh and so that would be ultimately be allowing as mm -hmm. opposed to you know causing which would be you know kind of an active uh uh swatting or uncocking with the wrists uh as um as uh, my old uh, teacher who was from Texas used to say, it looked like somebody out there uh, in the weeds trying to kill snakes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So what, I actually, I have Stan Otley dead, dead weight in my notes, so we're in, you didn't even know you were on the right track. Um, what would you, when I've tried to describe this to people, it's kind of difficult because it's, they always, when I say like, 
or give them an idea or the feeling of it, they always just ha take a like a super loose grip on the club and just let it like wiggle around like something they have no control over. How would you uh, find the, the middle ground there? Well, it's a... Uh Yes, that's a great, great point. And, and it's, uh, I think it's called uh, uh, differential relaxation. I learned it in yoga, you know, how you could uh, be in certain postures and have a certain part of your body exerting itself. Let's say you were twisting. And if you were twisting with your ab muscles but your shoulders were relaxed, that would be different than a top-down kind of twist where you're really sort of focused on your uh, shoulders and trying to turn them as hard as you can in the middle of your body would be, you know, let's say more passive or flaccid uh, in the muscles. So uh, a perfect example, uh, if, if you ever could experience it, would be as a, for instance, Andy, if, if uh, now or soon you went home and um, and with your little girl you stuck your finger out and she grasped your finger mm -hmm. uh, she would have a lot of flesh and you would feel that around your finger and if you went to pull away she would still be holding and uh, and and, uh, and and but not really squeezing if you know what i mean just exerting just enough pressure so that she could keep hold mm -hmm. but not enough that she was making a clenched fist or not and, enough that she's pulling in opposite direction. Right. right. She's just holding on. She's yeah. kind of holding on and going, you know, mm -hmm. with you oh, to the great, limits yeah. of her. And so um, so it's the difference how, how I've gotten to people to experience it in, in our training is, is to uh, take a golf club or a stick bat and to have them um, with both hands making a, a kind of an overhead chopping or a chopping motion down into an impact bag and doing that with an active uncocking of their wrists and then getting them to, um, you know, just pull down and let the, the, the head weight of the club as it's gaining momentum mm -hmm. drop it on its own. And, you know, it's, a, it's not perfect, but it gets them a lot. And your hands and arms are just like getting the, like almost gently pushing the canoe over the edge, and then the momentum takes Does it the, the rest, rest of the way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What about you, short game uh, coach, PGA member? Um, <laughs> any of this? Uh, do you see any of this in your teaching? Yeah, I. Uh, you know, I guess backtracking a little bit in the conversation, I you know, just um, these two terms of of causing and allowing, I'm just thinking back of, you know, lessons or, or verbiage that I've used in lessons before. Uh, and a lot of the times, especially maybe when you get a new student in and uh, you're, you're kind of giving them the lesson portion of the lesson, I guess, or maybe the diagnosis you could, you could call it. And you say, hey, uh, you're doing these things and that's causing it a problem, mm. right? Or that's causing the miss that you're experiencing uh, rather than doing X, Y, and Z, and, or allowing for the club to achieve this spot or, or something like that. So I think that's just me trying to kind of sum up some mm -hmm. of the verbiage maybe I would use to um, describe what's going on to someone to hopefully help them understand what's going on and then why we would want to change that. So I think you can kind of insert those words in a lot of, like, like what we're talking about right now in a lot of different instances, but I think more specifically um, in something that I've picked up from you, Pete, and, and even you, Andy, of uh, 
experiencing extremes, right? So uh, if you were to talk to somebody about grip pressure, maybe at what I would like, we, and we've done this in our classes, is create a scale, right? Mm-hmm. A scale of one to 10. And you would read in Golf Digest, what we, uh, your grip pressure should be a six, right? But my, my six is going to be different than your six, Andy, and, it's gonna, mm-hmm. and, and your six is going to be different than Peter's. And so uh, it doesn't matter what your five or six or four is, whatever, uh, but squeeze it as tight as you can, and that's your 10. Mm-hmm. And then let it go almost completely to where it's a one, and then settle in and find the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and same thing with finding like a swing path, right? Swinging as far right to the, as you can, swinging as far left, and then trying to go right, right down the middle. And I think that's a great way to, to feel what you were talking about, Peter, of, um, of settling or calibrating yourself is something that I, a, a term that I've been using a lot this off season of how to get warmed up or experience um, something new. How would you, um, how would you describe to someone the proper, uh, I guess, like ratio of, of backswing to follow through in putting and chipping? Mm. I, I think with a lot of people, especially when maybe you're working more technique uh, or specific things, uh, I try and be very rhythmic with it. And I like, I like snapping a lot and, and just saying kind of like one, two, or same speed back, same speed through, same size back, same size through. So that they can start to build an awareness that um, it, it's equal a little bit more on each side. Then I could get into more of the details of, well, it's actually maybe a little shorter. Well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> that's what we're here for. What, so what, um, that a, a swing that has too much of, of, I guess, trying to like cause too much cause in it. We would too say, much cause yeah. would be, you, you can see people who they're, they're chipping and like they take the club back like two feet, but their follow through is like way yes. up over their head. Yes. Very short back, very big through. So that's right. the opposite of you're not allowing that club to swing through at all. Um, same, you know, similar thing in putting a short back swing and a really long follow through would be a, you know, a push or an accelerate as opposed to letting the weight of the club swing up and letting it kind of drop and crash into the ball. Um, am I describing that right, Pete? Beautifully, Andy. Beautifully. Stan would, so there's a tear in Stan's eyes. <laughs> oh, I hope he's listening. <laughs> I hope he's listening. Um, is there, any, I mean, you have heard, you've heard Otley talk more than, than, than we have. Is there anything else, um, I don't know, in, in any of his teaching or, or lesson focuses that have to do with, I guess, allowing or... Well, uh, you know, I would say that that's where it starts. I think one of the things that uh, that Stan that you see in Stan is that uh, when the arms roll in the forward swing is just to let the weight of the club start to fall into the ball. Uh, there's a very strong tendency, and you see it so so much in Stan for the body rotation to step in and take the role that the arms used to have, let's say, when they were causing everything to happen, like Mm -hmm. with your uh, small swing back and big swing forward, that's largely arm muscles, you know, thrusting and pushing uh, the the club through. But uh, without that, when the arms stop doing that sideways movement Mm -hmm. across the body, then the body... uh, 
is in, is encouraged because there's a need. It's, something's got to step in, right? So what you, you see start to develop in the athlete is that sequential movement where the first thing to move is actually the lower part of the body as it turns and, and then carries the arms forward. And um, so that's the other thing. When you see Stan work and when you see him working with other people and you see his body motion and uh, you see how it impact, his hands aren't, aren't uh, dynamically opposite his belly button at impact. His belly button's rotated in front of that and his hands are now off of his obliques or his, or his hips somehow. And how is that accomplished without hitting the ball too far? Well, I mean, that's come to one of Stan's uh, workshops and you'll find out, you know, how to use the, you know, added loft of the club face uh, and, and your body and you can produce really soft shots. And, and he does it with, a, with what you would call, in what Andy was describing, it's a long backswing. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I think most, I guess, I'm curious what you guys see, but most people who I work with and who I like begin working with in chipping, I guess, and putting is that they have too short of a backswing and too long of a follow through. Like, I would guess like 90%. Like, do you see that same amount? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and, uh, in, in a ball position that's very far forward, mm. you know, trying to lift the ball up. And so, you, you know, it's, it's just a recipe for a lot of thin shots. You yeah. Know? That li- so lift would be another thing you're trying to cause, right, as opposed oh, to yeah. allow. Mm-hmm. The lift is, they, they, you know, they chip with almost what would be like an underhand, uh, like, volleyball serve. Where yeah, like or that, softball pitch yeah. or yeah. toss. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. really low to up. And it's really easy to describe that one, but then to try to describe what they need to do instead, that's a harder image to have. You know, I was practicing yesterday. I had my first outdoor experience, and uh, I was in a short game area, and there were other people using the short game area, and so, uh, you know, you had to have had to have your head up and, you know, go to places where your line of fire uh, wasn't endangering someone else, and you were staying out of their line of fire. So I went to an uphill lie, which, which I hear the uh, television announcers saying all the time, oh, this is easy, it's an uphill lie. Well, I don't happen to think uphill lies are easy because, you know, the, the, the ground is, is uh, up in front of your, your follow-through. And so how do, you, you know, how do you manage your body and manage the club? Well, in any case, I... Uh, foundered for a few swings and then I started making rehearsal swings and um, and I started scuffing the the bottom of the club through the ground so that it would it would extend you know beyond where the ball would be and it wasn't very far but uh, and I noticed that my you know my body started to you know turn and become engaged in this and and I got that that uh, feeling of uh, you know of stroking through something and not just to it mm, yes but it, it got into my system through my rehearsal and this notion of of drawing back scuffing you know uh, along the ground and, and and just even having that intention even when the ground interrupted the path of my swing and stopped the club. You know, I was able to make, and, and that's a place that as 
as I was a young student growing up and people would say things like hit through it or hit beyond it or like, you know, I didn't really get it. Yeah, all it's hard the to time. grasp with. And I, I, I think I even try and say that sometimes. I'm like, hey, not to the ball, through the ball. And yeah. it's like, well, what do I mean by that? You know, maybe <laughs> I should maybe I should take a little deeper myself. Well, you I know what you mean, that, but, you know. but someone who yeah, doesn't right? have the amount of hours put into it as you, like, yeah. doesn't quite right. have yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I, I think I first heard it when I saw someone, uh, karate uh, expert breaking bricks. They, they were, you know, they didn't often get all the way through the bricks, but they cracked them all the way down, and they kept describing, you know, that, 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 the, that the image in their mind was striking through, even if that power was ultimately, or that, that intention was ultimately interrupted. And but I found that this scuffing, the visual and the kinesthetic f- sensations together of scuffing, you know, even a couple of inches beyond the ball. But it got me. What it got me to do was, you know, I was trying to f- to find what Stan calls loading and unloading the shaft. You know, what you feel mm-hmm. with a very whippy shaft, like the like the orange whips with the ball weight on the end of them or the, the wedges that we have that have those flexible shafts where you can really feel the head of the club starting, mm-hmm. the weight of it starting to fling forward of the shaft. Mm-hmm. I started trying to do that in my putting, and you have to go so slow, or I, I have to go so slow to actually feel that, you know, loading and unloading. I just I don't like those words either. Cause I, you know what I mean? Like it's hard to kind of grasp what that means or what how would you describe it more bowing bowing but it, okay so how would that happen in a, a putter it's moving like two miles an hour and yeah. it's just there's not you know it doesn't have the same kind of flex that you, you no. know a driver would have or no, something like no, that. no exactly right it's in your hands mm. that you feel the, the you feel the it's so subtle, yeah. The the the, the thing going on because you know you you know it's, and even if your hands don't and your knuckles don't actually pass, you know the, the forearm bones, you know it, it, as they would in a in a, if you were holding your, um, left hand out in front of you and 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 you, uh, flexed your wrist to the left so that you could see the back of your hands. And now if you go the other way, if you go, you flex your wrist to the right so that you see your palm, when you're swinging, you know, that's kind of waving. And as it comes in, it's, it's, it's bowed back, sort of like palm towards your, your face. And as you come forward, it's falling toward in the other direction. But it doesn't get beyond straight down, you know, by the time... Yeah. It, it, it's almost there. <laughs> yeah. It's almost knuckles, you know, pointing towards your face, but but it's really just falling towards knuckles, mm-hmm. you know, flat away from you. Mm-hmm. In the full swing, George Gankis talks about shallowing the club, and the way he describes it is by like leaving your hands up as you start to rotate, the club will like naturally shallow out itself. And so that would be, you know, be opposed to controlling it too much with your hands or, or trying to manipulate it in a certain way that it's really like if you can get back in a certain spot and then, you know, and then just turn, 
while trying to leave your hands up as long as possible, that club will just like naturally kind of fall or, or as we would say, like it a lot, if you allow it to shallow, it yes. kind of will on its own. Um, what do you guys think about that? That, that has been, um, that feeling and that, that, uh, that thought has been one of the, the best things for me in my golf swing personally for, from a sequencing standpoint to like develop power. But it, God, it has been the hardest thing to do because uh, I have to be so patient in order for that to happen. So what does it feel like? Like what, or describe the, the process or the struggle. Excitement to want to hit the wall. Mm. You know, um, a, sense, a sense of urgency that my that the club wants. To, you know, I uh, I guess neurologically, my brain's like, boom, like go go hit it. You know, you finish your backswing, great job. Now you get rewarded. Um, but I jumped to the conclusion of just wanting to ring the dinner bell or pull the chain, <laughs> right? Sure. Um, and that's just years and years of swinging with my arms and having an over the top motion and just training myself out of that. Mm -hmm. So. Um, you know, but the sensation uh, of when I achieve it is just, uh, you know, my chest opens up to the target so much. Um, my arms get a great stretch, hmm. you know, uh, as my body is leading the way, the, the arms stretch backwards, kind of. And then it's just, uh, before you know it, 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 again, it's just like a, waiting patiently. And then before I know it, well, bam, I'm in my follow through and it's like, wow, I, had, I actually had to feel like I kind of swung slower to swing faster. And it's just a, another thing in golf. It's, uh, it's a game of opposites, right? Wedge down to get the ball up. You know, it's like swing slower or wait longer to create fit more speed. It's just, um, it's a hard thing to kind of wrap, wrap my head around, but it's cool. Wait longer with your, because swing slow is another thing that we say to people that I'm also like, what do I mean when I'm saying yeah. this? So I've tried to stop doing it. What do you mean by that? Swing slower, yeah, or, or yeah, I because um, you don't actually want to swing slower. I don't slower. want to swing slower. I want to yeah. swing faster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just keeping the hands back, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, starting my downswing sequence with my with my body and keeping those arms back and and the club back um, before I allow them to follow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I found I found that those uh, and uh, as far as where I am in that it's just like um, I'm just begun to you know explore it because I've been thinking uh, I, I I had a, a revelation um, last week actually uh, swinging what I call the heavy hose uh, that's got the rope running through it one of these. Um, what is that system called? Uh, Mach, Mach 3 speed training. Um, because I, I, I took hold, when I, I took hold of it um, and, and started, started making the swings, I noticed you know, right away that, 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 um, that instead of having hand and arm action, uh, what I would call action, what I had was hand and arm posture they, the, my hands and my arms were in a certain form, um, and uh, I was hurling them with the with the uh, the weight uh, that 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 uh, heavy hose represented, and so my body was was now had become an an embodiment of my hand. So so I didn't have hand action anymore. I was like the clam whose whole body was now a hand. 
Uh, and, um, and so uh, that was a, a very different feeling um, because uh, my arms were just being carried along and flung instead of my actually, my, my uh, focus really for months has been to do something you know, very specific with my hands and arms to get the club into a position on the backswing and then to do something unlike anything I've ever done in, in memory from the going back to the time I was a kid uh, to train myself in a different way of, of swinging. And all of a sudden, I, I, I had the sensation that it, it really didn't have anything to do with my hand and my arm action. It was what my body was doing to... You know, swing the club more around me rather than down towards the target, uh, and so, so uh, that was a total breakthrough in terms of cause and allow from my standpoint. And and I don't uh, this idea of keeping your hands back that's not an idea that's been on my mind, but it's going to going to now mm. that I've heard it. Yep. Um. Maybe one more question, so Jansen can get to his lesson here. Um, you, Pete, I, you know, I'm sure we've all observed you in the cube here doing, I guess, practicing. But it looks like a combination of yoga and swinging golf clubs, right hand and left hand, right, um, <laughs> over the past year. Uh, like very focused in, you know, certain parts of the swing and learning about it and exploring it. I'm wondering if there's anything, uh, you know, along this topic that you've come up with yourself or that you've noticed I guess you, you did just give an answer but um, anything else I mean learn you I feel like having to have learned golf teaching yourself to play golf left-handed after naturally doing it right-handed for so many years like you you would know certain parts of it that other people don't quite have a grasp on well you know I I think that that you train in golf, you train your body to do certain things, and and so I I think when you're when you're trying to do something new, you're causing everything. Mm, okay. You know, if if you were uh, the uh, the lady that uh, the the train the tennis trainer in Russia that Dan Coyle in Talent Code uh, came upon, she was teaching all of the the players to move in perfect form in slow motion. And so when you're doing things in slow motion, everything is caused, right? Because nothing is really in motion. In the golf swing, when you put a club in, in circular motion around yourself, it will, it will play upon your body, and it will play upon, you know, the club will be a flail in your hands, just like in the old farm implement where it was made out of two sticks and a leather lash that connected them that they would fell the grain with by swinging and sweeping with it. So um, I think in the beginning we train ourselves in, with deliberate muscular effort. And, and after we've patterned, uh, our goal should be to see how we can use the joints and the, and the levers between the joints to create allowable action. And, and and after we've trained our backswing for so long, we should give up trying to control it and run out into a field and start playing field hockey so that we just allow our backswings to go where we've trained them to go. Uh, and that's, I think, the part of the, you know, the big 
key how we uh, get ourselves up the mountain. Right back and forth between like focus, slow motion training. Causing. Ca literally causing every second of it. And then, you know, going back and forth between, all right, now you just got to, you know, swing it, yep. hit it and let it go. Um, Less control. Yep. Yep. But that slow motion swinging, Pete, it's so boring because you don't get to hit a ball that far. Like, yeah. you can, it's the hardest thing. If you could, I don't know, there needs to be a, I don't know, a children's story or something that would inspire people to do that because I can just see there's people in my mind who this could help, but it's like they would do it for two minutes and then go right back to like, well, just, all right, I got it. I'm going to hit, you know. Well, I, and that's, the, that's who I am. I mean, I, that's, as you watch me practice, that's what you've seen me do. And, and uh, you know, I watch people for years who had the discipline to take their club back and to take it back again and to take it back again and to look at it halfway back. And I thought, I thought that was madness. I, I, I thought, man, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> and because I, you know, I have a mind that won't sit still like you're saying. And so I'll, uh, but now I've gotten very interested in, um, I've gotten very interested in the different sensations. And so I, I now find myself looking like these people <laughs> that I thought were crazy. Uh, and, but I, I'm still the same. I've only got enough attention energy to stay on that for a few seconds. And then I've got to watch you or take a breath or, or I've got to uh, get my uh, rubber bands out and do a, a yoga posture, as you say. Sure. I've, I've got to change it up. But I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting to the point where I have more staying power with that than I used to. But like you say, Andy, it's, as you're looking at it from your point of view right now, it's like, wow, that takes a <laughs> lot. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thank you very much for joining me and, I'd say, humoring my ideas and adding to them. Um, That's a great topic. Clean contact. Great, Andy. Thank you. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. Come back. Come back. Here it comes. Come back.